This is an RNZ podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jessie. Let's go to Mary Holm, our personal finance expert now, uh, and she's also an author this year for the first time. KiwiSaver statements tell you how much you're likely to have in your KiwiSaver account at 65 and how much you can then spend in retirement. We talked about that a bit in May with Mary, but do you know how much you need to save for retirement? What is the magic figure? How do you go about setting a, a goal that's realistic, Mary Holm? has some guidelines for us today. Hi, Mary. Hi, Jessie. Thank you for uh, turning your attention to this topic. It's one that will apply to most of us. Yeah, yeah, look, a lot of the younger people probably aren't thinking about it that much, but it's not a bad idea for them to have a vague thought in their minds about whether they're aiming to retire with $50,000 or a million dollars, you know. Um, gives a bit of a feel for where they're heading. Are you getting a sense... That, that that new figure on the um, on the KiwiSaver statements is making much of a difference? Well, it's interesting. The, the FMA, Financial Markets Authority, did a survey recently and they found that a third of the people who, who got the statements recalled seeing that in their statement, which they said they thought wasn't too bad, but I think it's a bit disappointing, really, um, um, you know, I, I, because I think it really gives people quite a lot of help. It, it says, basically, if you continue to save the way you are now in KiwiSaver, here's how much we estimate you will have when you turn 65. Um, there's been a lot of different challenges on some people say the for various reasons that estimate's too low and others say it's too high. <laughs> but um, it gives people at least a vague idea. And it all, there's also another number there that says this, will translate into so many dollars per week of spending in retirement. So people need to remember they'll also get New Zealand super. Um, and some people say, well, how can we guarantee we'll get New Zealand super when we're only 30 now and it might not be there then? Um, and I just always respond, I'm pretty sure it will be. Um, it, it, you know, they, they might raise the retirement age, they might... Um, reduce super or even cut it out altogether for really wealthy people, but it's just too um, politically, it would be political suicide for for any government to cut it back too much for ordinary people. So I think you can count on getting New Zealand super, which is a basic income, plus whatever your KiwiSaver statement tells you. So you get a, a quarterly statement that people got the first one in the last couple, about couple of months ago, they can go back and look on that, and that gives them a rough idea of how much money they're going to have in retirement. So if, if, if I sit down with a financial planner and, and, and they tell me how much I should save, what are they likely to say? They're likely to say a higher amount than, um, quite often they say a million dollars. In fact, we've got quite a good um, letter from Marlon that if you got that there, you might want to read that out now because that raises this very yeah, point. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I wonder, Mary, says Marlon, if you can 
comment on an article I read in the New Zealand Herald that assumed one needed over $700,000 to retire on. I live in Auckland. I own my own small cottage. I'm 74 and I'm still working part-time, but I only have $250,000 in savings. I feel grateful that A, I've managed to save, and B, I can still work a little. It was a bit frightening to hear articles such as this one. Am I kidding myself? No, I don't think she's kidding herself. I think um, she's got $250,000 in savings, which is a heck of a lot more than many people have. And she says she owns her own cottage and she's still working part-time at 74. So um, another thing she's actually got in her favour is that she's still working at 74 and so she's got actually fewer years of retirement to fund, probably. Um, you know, People who, who work later on probably also tend to be ones who live longer because, you know, they're healthy, for, for one thing. We, we tend to expect, but but nonetheless, um, I'm planning to just sort of keep working for I don't know how many years. But, mm-hmm. but one, one you'll be welcome here as long as you want to, Mary. Oh, thank you, Jeff. You're very <laughs> kind. <laughs> one thing that um, one advantage of with each year you work, um, there's one less year you've got to fund from your retirement savings. You know, so um, <laughs> so anyway, getting back to Marilyn, so she's. Um, or she might be Marilyn, who's left the eye out of her. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, she um, has got two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in savings, and she owns her own house. And so I would say she's she's a lot better placed than many people. There, there's um, she does. Does she say she's single? She um, doesn't actually say that. No. But, but in any case, um, some research now. Admittedly, this is about three years old, but it's fairly recent um, somebody did some research on people over 65 and of the single people over 65, 40% of them live on virtually just New Zealand super or just a little bit more income from perhaps some savings But and 60% live on super plus less than $100 from elsewhere per week so the point I'm trying to make here is that there are a lot of single people, single people in retirement who are living on super and not much more. And so anyone who's got savings of $250,000 is way ahead of them. Um, and, you, you know, that that's not bad. It's pretty good. You know, a million dollars obviously makes things pretty, very easy for somebody, mm. but you just do not need that much amount, that much. And uh, I suggest everyone takes note of who... Who's, who are telling you you need a lot of money, then usually um, financial advisors or fund managers or bank people or somebody who is likely to, you know, profit a little bit from, from you saving some more. It's so, part of the pitch, right? Yeah, it is really. And we, in the end, people don't want to end up um, having more money to spend in retirement than they have when they're working, if you see what I mean, or having a higher standard of living in retirement than they have when they're working, because you you really want to try and even out the flow. You don't want to have a lower standard of living in retirement, but at the same time, people can over-save and sort of not get out and be enjoying life while they're healthy and fit enough to to be doing that. It's, um, It's a balancing act, of course. And people don't necessarily know, well, nobody 
knows exactly how many years their retirement money's got to fund, and that's where it gets a bit tricky. But I can give you a couple of simple rules of thumb on that. If, yeah, yes, please. If that would be helpful. Yeah, um, the, the easy ones to remember and the easy ones to sort of say over the radio are if you saved $100,000 and you retire at 65, you've got about $100 a week to spend through retirement. So, if, you know, if you've got $400,000 saved, you'd have 400 a week to spend in retirement. <coughs> Excuse me. That's over and above um, super. So it gives, that gives people a sort of really rough idea. Mm. And That's very helpful. <laughs> sorry, I've got to catch in my throat. Um, which is not a fashionable thing to have these days when you live in Auckland. No. Um, no, um, the, the, um, another rule of thumb, which works, because that one's for people who retire at 65. If you retire older than that, you're going to have more money to spend each week than, than the $100,000 equals $100 a week sort of thing. Um, one that I tend to use when I'm just kind of thinking vaguely about what, how far my savings would go is to just divide your savings by the number of years you want them to fund. And, I mean, for example, I'm thinking that I might retire at, let's say, 75. Um, and then I think I want my money to last until I'm 90. After that, so many people say New Zealand soup is enough. Mm-hmm. And if it's not enough, you can get a reverse mortgage on your house if you've got a house, etc. Um, so if you divide, if I had um, $150,000 in savings and I wanted to, to last for, for 15 years, I would say, okay, that's $10,000 a year I've got to spend. And that's very conservative because while you're saving, well, I mean, while you're spending through retirement, you've still got the remaining savings sitting there growing because they're still invested in something. Um, so it certainly means your, your spending can at least grow with inflation, if not more. Um, if people want slightly more sophisticated rules of some, there, there are a couple of them in my book, Rich Enough, um, which is, goes into it in a bit more depth. It's a bit hard to explain them all on the radio. Mm. But those ones give people a rough idea um, does it, just getting back to a couple of the questions. Yeah, shall I go on to the next one? Listener, yeah, um, Mark sent one in that was good. Okay, uh, I know a, a lot of planning assumes, Mark says, that people will own a house by the time of retirement and amounts to save are based on this. It'd be great if Mary could address this, particularly so few people will own houses at retirement age. Should we be saving more then? Yeah, and that, Mark makes a really good point that my generation tends to just kind of assume people are going to have a house at retirement and, and hopefully either with the mortgage paid off by then or enough in the KiwiSaver mm. or other savings to pay off the mortgage by then. Um, so you've got a mortgage-free house and you're heading into retirement with your accommodation largely taken care of, although so you've got to, you've got to cover insurance and rates and, and maintenance and so on. But um, now Mark's probably from a younger generation, and and quite a lot of those people are saying home ownership's just 
just out of the question for them. And uh, as you know, Jesse, I've said long said, look, you don't have to own a home, mm. but if you uh, by retirement, but if you don't, you really want to have quite big savings. So he says, um, should we be saving more? And I, you know, I'm saying to saying to the young ones, perhaps talk to a friend who's much the same age as you you are who owns a home, and ask them what they're spending in total on yeah. on mortgages and insurance and rates and everything else. It, in most cases, it'll be more than rent, and so if you so you quietly spending of just paying rent, if you can save that difference, that's that should help you get into a decent lump sum. You know, because people in that situation, when you hit retirement without a home, um, it'd be quite good to have, you know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars more than you would otherwise need just to cover rent or perhaps buy a house at that point, buy a small apartment or, or something. Um, so that's a really good point. Um, having said all of that, between now and the time Mark retires, the housing market could have changed radically. You know, I mean, who knows what's happening to house prices at the moment um, with COVID, etc. Um, and in any case, the the ratio between house prices and, and incomes in New Zealand was the highest in the world a little while ago. I don't know whether it still is, but it's way, way up there. And that can't last. That it just can't last. The economics say that after a while that's not going to work anymore. So Good. don't give up. <laughs> OK. Helen, Helen has an email. She says, please can you ask Mary a probably very unusual question. A person over the age of 65, I know, has a KiwiSaver account which has never been drawn on. He's also a first home buyer. Apart from the amount he has saved and continues to save in his KiwiSaver account to put towards a purchase of a property, would he qualify for any other assistance that's available for first home buyers? Look, this is neat, isn't it? Yeah. So someone over 65, and he's got his KiwiSaver, and he's planning to buy a house at that point. Uh, with, with, and why not? I've never seen anything in any of the literature that says mm. um, that there's an age barrier to getting help for buying a first home. I'm, I don't think, I doubt if they'd be allowed to have an age barrier for something like that, because... Um, that would be ageism, really. I mean, there's, there's, ageism's allowed in the financial world if there's good reason for it, but there's no good reason why someone shouldn't buy a house at that mm-hmm. stage. In fact, I've got an interesting Q&A in my Herald column this coming Saturday about a guy over 65 who's having trouble finding a mortgage. His bank said, no, you're too old. And I went back to the bank and said, hey, you know, that's not not good enough. And they agreed with me that he shouldn't have been given that message. Um, it, the, you know, the key thing is someone's ability to pay down the mortgage. It's not how old they are that matters. I mean, you know, somebody might say, well, at 90, they might not be living much longer, but that's all right. If they get a house and die a few years later, the, the house becomes part of the estate and the mortgage can get paid back off again. So, so I don't know whether this man needs a mortgage, but what I just want to suggest is that he looks at the, it used to be the Housing New Zealand website, and it's now called Kainga Ora. So it's mm-hmm. K-A-I-N-G-A-O-R-A dot gov dot N-Z. And they've got a section on that website called Home Ownership. And if you go onto that, they've got a first home decision tool, first home grants, first home loans, 
and information about the the first home grants, you can get up to um, $10,000 a person gift from the government um, if you buy a newly built house and up to $5,000 if you're buying an older house. Uh, depending on your income and the price of the house, etc. So this is, you know, he should really look hard at that because there might be some good help from him, from the government in there for him. So yeah, it's neat to read read about his situation. Thank you, um, Mary. Hey, um, we'll leave it there for this week. Thank you so much for your expertise on this one and uh, we'll remind people that if they'd like to hear this one, uh, the conversation again or previous conversations on topics around money, they can find them on the RNZ podcast page. Just head to rnz.co.nz and uh, look for our podcast page on the menu. I have it, one very quick thing. Yeah, not? go on, please if, go ahead. Very quickly. If people are looking at their KiwiSaver amounts and saying this is just not enough, there are four things they can do. One is to increase their contributions. Another is to move to a fund with lower fees, which is likely to grow more. Another is to increase the risk of the fund, because that's likely to grow more as well. And the fourth one is to work past 65. Thanks, Mary. Nice to talk to you as always.